this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Alright, listen, before we get started today, I don't hear any shit about what's going on in any courtrooms. It's not my fault. That actually goes out to a couple people, surprisingly enough. Uh, welcome to another Thursday edition of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. Arguably the best edition of the Hard Rock Lunchbox on Thursday. I find the other ones during the rest of the week to be fairly lacking. And uh, that's why we do the good ones on Thursday with you people. You good people. How's everybody? I, um, I started making a list of things I have to do. Uh, before the show starts now that I've got so many different things going on and I will say that I left my list way over there so I'm kind of just winging it today because that's the way we do stuff I got the backup recorder running I got the video running for the top 20 that's right here yes my performance is definitely not optimized I've got the chat on chat is very upset about what's going on in the Johnny Johnny Depp case uh, and honestly, all I know about what's going on in the Johnny Depp case is everything I learned last Thursday on the Hard Rock Lunchbox, so apparently this is the place to be. I was going to bring in Dahlia Lith- Lithwick from Slate to talk about jurisprudence in the Supreme Court, but I figure we'll just talk about uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, because that's probably better. Uh, my buddy Mike is on jury duty today. Yeah, Mike, civic duty. Uh, if anybody watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case uh, sees Mike in the jury, uh, Thomas said, "Hey, and uh, let's uh, let's get him a Hard Rock Lunchbox shirt, shall we?" Like, <laughs> I think it's okay that I said that. I hope to, I, like, I don't think it's I don't think he's been sequestered. Like, did I give out? Did I give away the name of a juror in like a in a Sopranos case? Man, I hope not. It's a good thing there's only twenty people that listen to this show. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of 20 people, listen to this show. Uh, why don't we go over uh, another uh, another week of Strangerhood TV nonsense, first and foremost. Well, first. Actually, it's not. It's actually last. And I guess it would be last and last most. There's a new uh, edition of the Top 20 out this week. Uh, it's the one where I kind of complain about why um, I'm concerned about people like Elon Musk doing stuff like buying Twitter. Uh, and I do make mention. Of, I think I do make mention of the fact that, like, if you really wanted to make the world a better place, he would just delete uh, Facebook. Like, he should, but he should buy Facebook, Fox News, and Twitter, and delete all three of them, and we can all just go back to playing Wordle. And if you remember that joke from last week, it's because it was such a good joke. I wanted to tell it twice. I have a very complicated relationship with Wordle. See, I play three of those things. I don't have time to play games all day, but apparently I do have time to play one game, or three games, one time each. I play Wordle, I play Worldle, and I play uh, Global? Global? Global, probably. Uh, if I'm really, really in the middle, like having something like run for a really long time, and I'm just waiting for something to run, like waiting for an error, I actually spend a lot of time waiting for things to go wrong. Like, 
I don't know if that explains any of my personality to anybody, but that is basically the bulk of my job, waiting and watching for things to go wrong. So some, sometimes if things go really wrong, I will play a game called Nerdle, which is a lot of fun. It's mathematics. Uh, and I will play a game called Absurdal, which is just beyond annoying. But I, you know, every now and then I throw that in. I no longer play Hurdle because I don't listen to pop uh, and R&B. And since I was picking every song uh, that I thought they played, I thought was Outcast, I was wrong pretty much all the time. And I don't, I just don't need to go online to be wrong. I could be wrong right here. So anyway, so that's the new episode of the top 20 that is out this week. Please like, share, subscribe, comment, all that other good stuff. Uh, that's always, that's always good. I do, I do appreciate, uh, all the comments that I get. Uh, they're usually bills and that's cool because he always has a lot of good stuff to say and I like having that commentary. I actually wish I had more time to devote to the, that discussion back and forth. I actually probably, you know what I should probably do? I should probably just have him on the goddamn show. Maybe I'll talk to him about that. We'll just do it right here. We'll just do the comment Q and A. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. Like that's worth writing down. Hold on. Excuse me. Show business. Yeah, see, as professional as that was, that's 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 how we do stuff. Also, um, we are we are sliding out of the double bacon month of April, uh, but there is still a full interview of Stack Like Pancakes and a full interview with Felicity Fueled. I don't know either of these. I've been so swamped, and I'll get into that uh, during the show. I don't know if it'll be part of the top twenty, but it's actually just something I've been. Seems like continuously dealing with because I keep continuously bitching about, but I don't know. Uh, seven questions with High Wind. I think they're from New Jersey. That sounds familiar. I'm not sure, but I know the I know the band name. Seven questions is out. That would have come out last night, so feel free to check that out on Strangerhood TV. That's everything going on in Bacon is my podcast uh, world. Um, I believe, and I'm not sure if this is out yet or he was teasing it but i believe our very own and by our very own i mean their very own chris waterbury has a new uh drum walkthrough of um i ran away i run away why am i getting in there i run away yeah right Whew. sorry man did not sleep great last night <laughs> uh i run away drum through uh drum walkthrough with Chris Waterbury. Those are always interesting, especially if you're at all interested in how the drums work in a particular song, which, of course, being a drummer myself, I tend to be. And also, Chris always does A-plus level stuff, so check that out over on Strangerhood TV if it is indeed out. I will probably link to it after this Top 20, so you can just watch this whole Top 20, and it'll probably just bring you right there, because I'm cool. Also, I want to point out some changes going on in the, uh, in the Top 20 studio here. Or Hard Rock Lunchbox Studio or whatever. Uh, oh, apparently the chat is saying it's old. That's really old? The I Run, I run Away? Uh, oh, well. Nothing like promoting something that happened months ago, but maybe. Anyway, I just want to point out. Now, I'm sure you can see this because there's always been like kind of a spot there. Um... But it's more intense now. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. I don't know if anyone's gotten their light meters out and tried to measure this. But, like, I just, whoa. Like, I can move it like that. Isn't that cool? Uh, so, uh, I had a situation. So, I moved my office uh, over there. Uh, and my production studio is right here and stuff like that. So, I had a situation. I have fluorescent lights in my basement, which I think most people that have an older basement that haven't refinished it probably do. 
Uh, and you can't really get fluorescent bulbs anymore. You can't. Um, they've made a lot of changes to what you can and can, cannot get uh, any longer in terms of lighting. And I think I am down to my last uh, fluorescent bulb. So what I did is I tried to convert. I didn't try. I did. I tried and succeeded, ladies and gentlemen. I converted um, two of my downstairs light fixtures to LEDs. And I have to tell you, uh, the, the difference is striking because I have two LEDs and I have two regulars, and there's just something so false <laughs> about LED lightness. Like it just, it feels like I'm in a museum or or like a shop right after 2 a.m. Anybody ever do that? Anybody ever shop in a supermarket after midnight? Man, whew, that's a bright place to be. But anyway, this bulb right here, right there, I gotta stay in frame. That bulb right there, brand new LED bulb. It is bright as F, so if I look, I don't know, whiter than normal, I don't know, frostier than normal, I'm not sure what the right word would be, but if that's what it is, that's what's happening because, I mean, I could turn on this light and stuff, but like, how much? Yeah. Well, is that better? No, you can see more of me. Like, we don't we don't need to see more of me. I'll turn that back on. So, it's not quite the, the old system where I looked like I was definitely being held captive and stuff and nobody was paying the ransom, but... It's closer. I just got to figure out what to do about this glare. So I'll figure that out. I'd like to say I'd figure that out by next week, but I think we all know that's not going to happen. So, anything going on in the world this week that I need to know about? No, nothing? All right, cool. All right. Um, Yeah, I don't know the answer to the caption things on, on YouTube. You want to join the conversation, 99WNRR, and I will uh, you know, glance at that from time to time. It's about as good as it gets. Uh, so, yeah, a bunch of stuff going on in the world. Um, aside from the fact that Ukraine is still at war with Russia, that's a big one, but I think we've all dropped off the map on that one because there has been a tremendous violation of precedent all over the place with the Supreme Court this week. Uh, for the first time ever, a 98-page document, a draft majority opinion, was leaked from the Supreme Court. There's always been whispers, and it's not the first time there's been leaks, but this is the first time there's been a leak of this caliber ever. And that you know, people are talking about like, what does this say about the sanctity of the Supreme Court? Like, it says everything about the sanctity of the Supreme Court. Like, you can't keep you know things steeped in tradition when people just don't feel like playing by the rules anymore. I mean. This is not going to be a political thing, what I'm about to say, but it's just going to be something that's kind of like the conventional wisdom and like also what's currently happened. Uh, when when Trump, Donald Trump, got into office, uh, they famously, to me, uh, sat with the Obamas the, and their relative, their respective chiefs of staff, and the Trump administration were asking the Obamas and the Obama chief of staff like all these questions like, so, uh, you know, how do we do all this? Because they didn't know, because they weren't, steeped in, like, oh, I want to be president of the United States forever. Like, I honestly don't think that Trump ever wanted to be president of the United States. I think he wanted to be the most powerful and famous person in the world, and that just happens to be one way to do that. But I don't think, like, he or his staff or his family, like, lived and breathed this. Like, it feels like when I was younger, 
it seems like people were groomed for politics, right? Like they just spent their entire time, they interned, they learned everything. So they knew all this shit by the time they got to, you know, like the White House or Congress or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know that for sure. It's just kind of what it seemed, right? So people that are sort of like steeped in this thing, like they know how these things are and they respect older traditions and all that other stuff. And I think the Supreme Court has done a really good job over the years. Like, I think it's still a big deal for the people that get on that court. But I think since kind of the politicization, polit- politicization, politicization of everything, I think it's become less and less that, you know, it's more about politics and less about like what you've earned to be on the, on the Supreme Court and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. It's just my thought. Uh, just, just, just my feeling there. I will say, um, I was listening to, uh, Jamie Raskin, who is the Congress, who is a congressman from Maryland. He's also a, a constitutional scholar. And he was saying something interesting that I don't think that I quite realized. Now, when I was in high school, I thought the Supreme Court was fascinating. And I thought the way that it served as kind of like building blocks to expand out the Constitution and like just like what? Because like obviously, like one of the things that Alito, Samuel Alito, Justice Samuel Alito, excuse me, uh, says in the draft opinion, the draft majority opinion, he says that the word abortion does not appear in the Constitution. Therefore, it's really not a constitutional issue. Now, to most constitutional scholars, that's ridiculous. The reason we have a Supreme Court and the reason we have a Congress and the reason the Constitution has stuff called, like, amendments is because the Constitution was not finalized. Like, this is something that I tend to argue with people about, like, in terms of, like, I don't know, Ten Commandments. Like, yeah, they seem like pretty good commandments, but could they use an update? Yeah, probably. But like I say, you know, theocracy really isn't my jam, so I don't really get into it too much. But like what I like about the Constitution and what was great about our Constitution and other constitutions that modeled after it is that they it left a way to improve it, right? Like you could you could analyze this, you could you could research what everybody said about the things that went into it and why they why things went into it the way they did. And then of course we have things that like we never dreamed about. Like you want to talk like like John Adams for all the stuff that he did with the constitution and the country, he never actually brought up social media. Like it's not a thing. But is it an important thing now? Is will it continue to be an important thing? Like data information? Like, okay, governments can't track data information, or governments can track data information because it's not mentioned in the Constitution. Like, this is the most childish argument I have ever heard of coming from a Supreme Court justice, honestly. Like, if you want to be a strict constitutionalist, like, seriously, like, always keep this in mind. If you want to be a strict constitutionalist, take a look at the Supreme Court and figure out who would not be allowed to be on there because Clarence Thomas couldn't be on there, Elena Kagan couldn't be on there, Amy Coney Barrett couldn't be on, like, are you seeing any kind of patterns here? Like, well, three-fifths of Clarence Thomas, I guess, could be on there if you wanted to, but that's really neither here nor there. So, like, how strict a constitutionalist do you want to be? Like, but, anyway, it's not even what I want to talk about. Um, I, I am more impressed with two things specifically, like the violation of actually the secrecy of the Supreme Court and the, the way that these draft opinions are supposed to be circulated amongst the justices. It's not supposed to be circulated amongst us. It's not It's not for us to see these things. And it's certainly not for us to take them and, like, run with them like a lot of a lot of places are doing. Like, it's dangerous to do that. Like, it's it's not the opinion of the court. It's a draft opinion. Like, seriously, you have, money, you, you have any idea how many Thursdays I have woken up? 
up and spoken shit into this into this microphone about like this, that, or the other thing. So I'm in a bad mood. I'm not saying Sam Alito was in a bad mood, but like maybe he was. Maybe that's not really the opinion. And I abhor the fact that I even have to defend Samuel Alito because I, I honestly find what I read, what I read and heard about in the draft opinion to be just absolutely disgusting in my, in my opinion. And also, like, like while we're at it, and again, I don't really want to talk about this today. Like, you guys really need to be worried about stuff like uh, like Griswold versus Connecticut because that that. Uh, that privacy, that privacy issue, that's next. That one, that one's coming. That's how they're going to take away birth control. And and like I like I keep saying, like I don't understand why people are just constantly talking about like how all life is precious. Because I'm like, yeah, man, all life is precious unless, of course, you're showing up at our southern border, or you're you know black and running from the police, or you know you're you're immune compromised and you want people near you to wear a mask on a train. Like then, all life is not necessarily all that precious. And I don't. Understand how people get to say this shit over and over again, and nobody calls them out for it. Like I find it, I find it to be ridiculous, and, and honestly, like quite frankly, really disgusting. And and I am worried that um, I am worried that after the midterms, because the Biden administration is just not doing such a great job. Like things are bad anyway, and things would have been bad no matter who were, who was in office, and things honestly could have been quite worse depending on who was in office. But I mean, we have a brewing world war for starters and like we're coming out of, of a really really bad situation economically and i've keep arguing that inflation is better than recession but like people aren't people didn't take echo 101 and i've already covered that on the show so like i can't expect everybody to understand that because they're not capable of understanding it and that's and that's fine i mean it's not but it, it is what it is and that's that's kind of where we're at with all this but so here's the one thing <clears throat> that uh I did actually want to get to today because I don't. Um, I was talking about Jimmy Raskin. I was saying like, the, you know, the Supreme Court is not actually very pro your rights. Like there was the that that time like when they were doing like these things uh, like uh, Casey versus Planned Parenthood and Roe versus Wade and like a lot of that stuff where it was, and that's what the Supreme Court is kind of famous for because those are the things that have been sticking in the craw of all the you know the right wing conservative Republicans stuff like that. That's why you know all those. Like if you know Supreme Court cases, like you'll know like uh, Brown versus Board of Education, like Plessy versus Ferguson, and you'll know Griswold versus Connecticut, and you'll know Roe v. Wade, and you'll know Casey versus Planned Parenthood and stuff like that. Like these are big cases, right? These are big cases that change the way society could conduct itself and it's and it's really important but most often the supreme court is very restrictive and will take and and they do not give a shit about your rights and if you want to look at the historical uh, track for stuff like slavery for example like they just kept condoning it over and over and over again because that's the way the constitution was so, like don't think the supreme court's here to save you like it's not like we my people my age grew up in an age where the supreme court actually did something they did something to like sanctify actual human rights in this country and that was a big deal those days are over i don't expect to see it again in my lifetime because Basically, the Trump administration, with the help of Mitch McConnell, just packed the court. That's it. Like I said when this happened, I I said when they did not even bother to hold uh, hearings for Merrick Garland that this was it. Like this, you could kiss those those things goodbye. I said it two, three years ago. I could probably find it on the box. Or no, two, three years ago. I guess that's five, five years ago now. 
that that was it. They were going to pack the court, and that's what they did. They put Gorsuch, they put uh, Kavanaugh, and they put Barrett on the court, and with one very specific goal. Like, this is the conservative America that that they wanted to put on the court, and they had it. And those are lifetime appointments. And, you know, that's just the way it is. Like, people that don't see that, like, I'm sorry. Like, I saw that people were out protesting, like, in mass about this decision. And all I could think of was, like, how foolish are you? Like, protesting now does nothing. If the Supreme the Supreme Court is probably going to rule this way, and the Supreme Court is never swayed by public opinion because they're not they have no they have no external ethics, right? They don't run for office. Like once they're there, they're there. Nobody cares. Like nobody nobody in the Supreme Court cares what you think. You can protest all day long. And my point is that that time for protest is completely completely over. You're wasting your time. You have exactly one thing you can possibly do, and that's vote your actual interest and stop voting against your interest, whatever they are. Like, if you truly believe that a woman does not have a right to choose what she can do with her own body, like, yeah, man, vote that way. But if you don't and you think stuff like, you know, weed should be legal and you think, uh, you know, women should be able to choose what they do with their body and you think that even if you... Maybe they shouldn't all the time, but, like, rape and incest matter. I mean, dude, seriously, you're going to make a 14-year-old rape victim carry a baby to term. Like, you're going to force a woman to give birth. I can't force a woman to do shit. You're the state. And all these big government people are just like, you know, you know, you can't make me wear a mask. You can't make me take a vaccine. But I can sure as shit make you carry a baby to term. And make you pay for it, by the way. It's not free to have a baby, just so you know. And also, I don't know how many of you know this, it's also not free to raise a baby afterwards. I mean, like, seriously, they're, they, and, and these are the same people that are yelling about, like, college debt and stuff. Like, and despite, regardless of what I feel about, like, this college, college loan stuff, and I definitely have an opinion on it, like, dude, come on, man. You're trying to make more of them, and then you don't want to pay for any of it. Like, I've got a real simple solution. It's almost like, I don't know, like a plan B. And don't think that plan B is going to be the next thing on the agenda. And that's what I was trying to say, actually, about what Jamie Raskin was saying about the court. And also the simple fact, and Chris Hayes was even saying that, um, you know, with the way the midterms are, are shaping up, like there's a real good chance, right? There's a real good chance. Uh, and I would expect it that the Republicans are going to take the House, the Republicans are going to take the Senate, and the very first bill, H.R. 1 and S. 1, are going to be anti-abortion bills. They're going to try and hit the nation with a six-week mandatory ban across the nation. President Biden will veto it for the first two years that he remains in office, but the chances of Biden getting reelected are probably slim and none, especially if Trump runs again and probably if DeSantis decides to run. I think the only one that could really take any of them on on successfully is Bernie, but like, I don't know, man. Bernie's just not getting any younger, but I guess... I guess we'll see. But, like, I fully expect, like, within the next two to four years, there's going to be a national law banning abortion after after six weeks. And I said it right here. It's May 5th, 2022. Is that what it is? Like, like I'm not Nostradamus, and I have yet to pick a Powerball number. But, man, there there is no way you can't see this coming. It is their stated objective. It's their stated goal, and they've worked towards it, and they've gotten it. And everybody on the other side is like, man, no, they'll never do that. Yeah, man, they just did that. And that's what I've been trying to tell you for years. And seriously, this is not what I wanted to talk about today. But yet, here I am, and I'm completely out of time, and... I suck. I'm sorry. Here's some music. We'll talk. In a, we'll talk more in a little bit. Promise. Probably. Hard rock lunch.
Fox. Yeah, man, I really don't know what's going on in this uh, in this trial. All, all I all I know, like I said, all I really know about what's going on in the Johnny Depp trial is that apparently this chick is just awful, and uh, like they have like her talking to him either by voice or by text. Like, yeah, you're a white guy, like. Uh, a, a white emu- uh, emotion or emotional and physically abused victim, like nobody's going to believe you. Which is kind of what I was talking about last week. I think about like pendulum swingings and stuff like that, like how bad that stuff really is, and how it just you know it happens constantly, man. It's just I I, I don't know what it is. Like I I'm not I, I, like there's nothing special about me, and like it's just when you you just see patterns over time, like you just know when things are going to happen. Like what I was just telling you about, like. What's going to happen in the coming years? Like, unless, uh, unless somehow, you know, people do an amazing job voting, like when Obama won. Like, uh, I just, I don't think that's going to happen. I think with gerrymandering, which both sides are guilty of, by the way. Like, I don't, I can't even understand why. Like, this is not. We have not fixed this yet. <laughs> this country, like, just have an independent company just do it. And maybe there aren't independent companies, and maybe that's the reason. But like, I feel like I could draw maps, right? Like, I could, I could do, I could do groups. I feel like I could, I feel like I could write a program to do it. Like, I don't know why things have to be gerrymandered. I mean, I know why they do it, but like, I don't know why it's just not like obvious cheating and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah. So like, it just this seems like this case is just. You know the embodiment of of everything that's wrong with people just taking advantage of mores and situations and stuff like that because that's what, that's what people do. Uh, just because I wanted to say it because it's uh, was important and may still be important. The actual thing I wanted to talk about for the top twenty today, which I'm obviously not going to get to because I'm well into the top forty, is uh, like I have, I have a friend. Uh, his name's Frankie, and uh, we've been friends, acquaintances for a long time. Uh, we're friends basically through music, um, and he has gone very right wing over the past five, five years. Uh, as have a lot of people, like a lot of. I had a, I was having a conversation with a really good friend. Um, I guess it was either during Trump or during COVID, uh, and he just said something, you know, typically poignant of him, and he was just like, "Yeah, man, it's kind of just." nice and frightening to kind of see where everybody stands on some of these issues and it's like yeah you know there's there's a lot to that like it's really it's really tough like good very good friend of mine is very pro-putin and very pro-russia and i've actually literally been avoiding him for a month because there's just no way that's (laughs) that conversation and apparently has absolutely no idea he's one of those people that just thinks everybody's like him and that's fine. Like if you like, that's got to be so comforting. Like if you think everybody's like you, like oh my god, it's got to be so comforting. I mean, like I am so comforted by the people that like will message me privately, like after a big social media thing or you know something on the radio, and they'll be like, dude, I think the exact same thing. Like, thank God, like somebody else thinks so. It's like yeah, man. Whew. There's a, there's a lot out there. But anyway, this dude Frankie did put up a post. Uh, it's just a gif, and it says socialism is slavery. And I was like, actually, uh, actually, my my exact comment is, quote, actually, slavery is slavery, and it's a very entitled thing to think otherwise. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> like, like I don't know what, <laughs> like, 
Like, I'm not speaking out of turn here, right? Like, everybody knows that, right? Like, slavery is slavery. Like, if you ask any slave what's worse, slavery or socialism, like, they'll be like, this slavery thing sucks. Like, like at least with socialism, like, you probably get, like, free health care. Like, I don't know what you studied about slavery in the South, but, like, they were getting the same kind of health care that, like, horses were getting. Maybe. Because they were property, right? You know, like... Maybe there was some socialism in slavery. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just—it's such a ridiculous thing, and it's so typical of both sides, right? Like sometimes the left just like throws stuff out. It's just so ridiculous. Like don't just defend the left because if it's your side, and don't just defend the right because it's your side. Like if you're if you're willing to be in the middle, like you can see ridiculousness on all sides. Like it's just like I, that's why I have so many commonalities with so many Republicans and so many conservatives and yet so many democrats and so many liberals like you know the whole thing i was going to talk about is that um this this whole conversation does devolved to some dude i don't know he, he actually commented on it. he's like dude your your stream proves you are about the most clueless extremists on the planet i see nothing in your stream by the way stream like like i'm assuming he means my facebook feed because stream to me just it will always be it will always be pee like you just check it out the piss coming out of my dick all right dude that's cool so i see nothing in your stream to back up your constant bs dogma you spew another do nothing but bitch and complain while your personal actions do nothing to create change whiner like all leftist extremists by the way i am hardly an extremist <laughs> by all leftist extremists you expect everyone else to do all the work while you sit around and play you are a joke to humanity. <laughs> and I actually laughed at him. Like, literally, <laughs> you're the joke, dude. <laughs> like, and you don't know shit about me. Like, it just went back and forth. And he was like, well, prove it. And I'm like, I don't have to prove anything to you. Like, just, but it got me thinking, like, like what actually is my dogma? Like, I, I so don't subscribe so much to a particular political leaning or ideology that I, I honestly couldn't tell you, like, what I am. Like, I, I tend to go through life very busy. Right, and I tend to know when things are wrong for at least me. And I have found out, found over the years, that when things strike me as incorrect, they tend to be incorrect for a lot of other people that I share similar views with. They tend to be correct for a lot of people that I don't share similar views with. So I think I think it's a pretty good, you know, like I, I talk about, like, you know, does it pass the common sense test? Does it pass the gut test? Like, there are really some people that just hate minorities. Like, they really just hate minorities. Like, they're called racist. Like, we have a word for it, right? So I don't expect them to ever see, like, why it's important to, you know, work with minorities and work with migrants and, like, make these things work. Like, it's completely possible. What I said earlier about like all life being precious, unless of course it shows up on the southern Texas border, is 100% accurate. Like all these people, like screw them, let them go back to where they came from. These are people that won the like won the life lottery by being born in the United States, right? Like the, I would, t and I've said this a hundred times, I would take somebody that walked all the way to Texas from Guatemala to make to find a better life for him and her, or him, her, and their family than it would take some fat white overprivileged panhandle piece of shit that thinks they're just all that because they were born in the somewhat great state of Florida or not even great state of Florida like honestly who would you rather have working for you like who would you rather have contributing to society like seriously like somebody that just flips out because they're out of their like hot flaming Cheetos at their quickie mart or somebody that actually works all goddamn day long like 
this is not even a question for me. Let alone, like, not the issue, right? Like, But it just got me wondering, like, and I don't know what ideology I have. Like, I try and be a good person. I try and do what's right by me and my family and my friends and my loved ones. And I'm concerned about them, right? Do I think a woman has a right to do whatever she wants with her own body? Yeah, I do. I think I'm the last person that should be commenting on it. And if I'm going to comment on it, it's going to be something along the lines of like, yeah, man, whatever you want to do with your body, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm all down for some ridiculous solutions to this. Because, like, I think, like, okay, well, if women can't get an abortion, can't do what they want with their own body. And it'll get, my rhetoric will get worse when they go start going after, like, birth control and plan B and stuff like that. Because you're already seeing all these posts, like, you know, stop using abortion as birth control. Like, wrap it up and use birth control. Use protection if you don't want to have a baby. It's like, there is no 100% birth control except abstinence or, I guess, anal. You know, I guess if you're a good Christian girl or a Mormon, then you can just do anal all day long. I, I don't know what the rules are. I don't know what the rules are. But I assume, I assume that's what they do. Right? Those virgin clauses is like, all right, well, I can't have vaginal intercourse, but uh, here's my butt. I mean, I don't know. But that's, it's made it all the way to the newspaper, so I guess, you know, it's happening. So I guess, I guess although I'm sure somebody could probably get pregnant in the butt. Why not? Why not? <laughs> it's not going to be me, I assure you. I don't even know what I was going to say, but I don't know what my ideology is. If you happen to know what my ideology is, feel free to throw it in the chat, 99WNRR. But in the meantime, if you're just going to bitch and whine at me on Facebook about something you know nothing about, like, I don't want to be anything like you. And I've got a Three Days Grace song that just goes goes with that perfectly because I am the Segway Master. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, a little Gaslight Anthem for you. Why not? Why not? Now we get to the part of the show where I play something that probably doesn't belong here normally, but it did spin up in my Discover, no, weekly release radar. Yeah. And even though it's been shit in the bed most days or most weeks lately, I thought this was a particular gem. So yeah, kick back, lean back, don't fall back. Give a listen. Little Sam Smith on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Man, they really do not write music like that anymore. It's so funny because every now and then, like, I'll, I'll listen to older music. It's like, oh, we could cover that or do this or whatever. And, like, I feel like some of it, some of the really older stuff, we might be able to. Like, something like that. But then, like, I was listening. So, oh, so Def Leppard actually has a new song out this week, which I was like, fucking awesome, man. Good for you guys. Uh, it wasn't great. Um, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't great. But I was like, listen, it's old. Um, I was listening to actually from, from, from High and Dry, which is, uh, High and Dry, that's their second record, right? It's either their first or second record, the one before Pyromania. And I was like, I used to love that song, Let It, Let it Go. And, uh, I listened to it, I'm like, oh, maybe we could redo this. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> I cannot redo this. I just want to address something really quick that was brought up in the chat about how, um, representation is working in America. Like, this is something, this is just like a basics to uh, types of forms of government. We do not have a direct democracy here. If we had a direct democracy, it'd be like one person, one vote. Um, the closest it kind of gets is uh, in state stuff, um, where they, they tally up like the totals from the state. But, uh, you know, like in presidential elections, it's electoral politics, electoral politics. So it's your electoral districts that decide 
Um, that's what gerrymandering is all about. That's why gerrymandering is so important because they, they game the system, right, to get more representation. You know, when you start looking at, um, you know, the balance of the way things work and in in, in, in even our bicameral, like, way of government with the two houses of Congress, like, the, the simple fact of the matter that in the state Senate, or sorry, in the U.S. Senate, I understand from the way that the system was put up, like, I, I understand why the two senators in Wyoming have just as much power as the two senators in New York and California. Like, I, I get it. I, it's, it's by design. But make no mistake, it's not representat- It's not representational at all. Like, if we were to take, like, the most populous states... You know, we we could have we could have a serious argument about like what we're what we want to do, and like yeah, we'll take on Texas and Florida and all the stuff they want to do. Honestly, I think that would be a much better way of doing it. But that's what the House of Representatives is supposed to be, right? It's supposed that's it's literally in the name, like representatives. It's representative democracy. But what that does is, if you took away if you took away gerrymandering, right? Like, let's just say. Just suspend disbelief for a minute. So who was so anybody that was paying attention this last run for New York City mayor? They did something that was called ranked choice voting, right? So what that basically did is you voted for your favorite. Was it three or four or whatever? Two? I don't know. You voted for your favorite couple of people, and then what they kept doing is they would just tally up all the votes and see who got what vote. And how many people, like, voted for so-and-so first and voted for so-and-so second. And they would actually weight these choices and rank them all together. And the person that would come in last, they would remove and take all their people's, all the people that voted for them, they would take their second choice and then put them in. And then they would take out the last person. They would take out the per- the next person that all those people voted for, right? So you could, like, if you didn't vote for Eric Adams, right, like, say it was your third choice, but your first two choices didn't get in. Uh, or didn't have enough to even get into the running to make it to the top three, then, you know, your third choice was Eric Adams, and he got that vote. And it's a very interesting way of doing things because it keeps, first of all, it keeps spoilers from ruining the election, right? Like, people have always talked about, like, Green Party candidates. Like, we shouldn't have that. We shouldn't be afraid to vote for third-party candidates because we don't want our primary uh, candidate to lose, right? Like, that's, that's silly, but... Just think about so suspend disbelief for just a second and think about if like the great state of Florida or even New York. Well, New York New York's different because New York is just so overwhelmed by New York City that it just becomes kind of a problem. But let's uh, let's take Florida because Florida has Jacksonville, Florida has Tallahassee and these are all very red kind of areas. Although Jacksonville's probably more purple than anything, but it's also got Miami. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Miami's not a very red city. So, if you just took a straight up like who like everybody everybody votes right everybody votes for everybody like whoever gets like the most votes like the, the take the like the I don't know how many representatives they have but let's say it's 10 then the 10 highest votes they go to Congress like that I think that would be the best but it's never gonna work that way because the people in the smaller areas just don't get represented so I understand why they did it that way but you need to understand that like in the state of Florida you know one representative of Miami has 
basically as much power as one representative from just outside the panhandle, right? Like somebody that like is cultured and and deals with international issues because, you know, Fort Lauderdale is like a thriving port or whatever like that and deals with that is actually just as you know, influential in Florida and probably U.S. politics as somebody that gets on his fan boat and goes and eats gator for a living. I mean, that's just the way that it works. And now with gerrymandering in states like that, what you have is you end up having more people. Like in the, in the I think it was in Nebraska, right? Like Omaha, Nebraska is overwhelmingly Democratic. But the rest of Nebraska isn't. But it's it's divided up in such a way that Nebraska still gets three extra red seats, even though they should get all of the seats because the representatives from Nebraska really representing the most number of people would be representing most Democrats. Like, that's that's how that works. The state of Nebraska is mostly Democratic, but they all live in Omaha, and that's one con- one. Um, congressional district. And so they send four representatives, I think, four representatives to the U.S. Congress. Three of them are Republican. And one of them that represents more people in the state than the other three combined is Democrat. So it's not a question of what the United States people want because it's never going to bear out that way. It just never shows up that way because it just doesn't. You know, it's it's what the electoral politics demand. That's why people have been trying to get rid of the Electoral College for years. It's it's silly and it's sad. And because the and because the Senate is already designed to be that balancing act where every state gets two says, the House really needs to be more representative. But it's not going to be. It's not going to be in my lifetime for sure. Because there's one thing I can guarantee you is that people in power do not want to give up power. And people that host radio shows really want to play some new Bill Murray for you. I don't know about that last one. I might have just made that up. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Alright, well, listen, I have a request in here, and uh, it's definitely not something we normally play on the box, and I definitely don't want to bring anybody down, but she did request it, so gee, just because you asked for it, here's your song. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Oh, why this song drags out to like this very painful outro. I just, uh, I didn't get a chance to really look into what was going on, but it looked like, uh, Dave Chappelle had been attacked, uh, uh, on stage by somebody with like a fake knife or fake gun or something. I'm not even entirely sure, like, what the deal was, but Jamie Foxx rescued his ass. Like, I love everything about that story so far, so I'm gonna have to look into it a little bit more, but it does, does, stand with what was being said after the uh after the um chris rock thing like i think it was kathy griffin that said like no comedian that works the crowd is now safe uh or should feel safe because that's what happens but hey man this is what happens when you let people's bad behavior go unchecked and that might sound political because it is hard rock lunch box you know as i'm sitting here trying to decide how many margaritas Q actually should have for lunch. I'm just so conflicted, right? Because, like, you want to be responsible. Like, you are still, like, in a work situation, right? Nobody wants to be that drunk person uh, that's just, like, totally messed up at work. Like, I remember being in a Christmas party once. It was actually the first time I ever had a... Um, well, I can't think of the name of it. Um, martini. And I didn't realize it's basically just straight vodka. I had no idea. And I had... One too many. I mean, one. 
I mean, I was all right, but like I caught it. But man, that if you're not right, not ready for it, it's kind of kind of hits you, <laughs> kind of hits you and does a number on you. But when we're talking about margaritas on Cinco de Mayo, I mean, like I I have never wanted a margarita so bad in my entire life, and then I do like right now. So. I don't know if that makes me a degenerate, makes you a degenerate, or makes this next song degenerate, and I am effing awesome with that segue. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Band is called Brave Weather. So uh, it was announced yesterday uh, that Kevin Sheehan, uh, owner of KJ Farrell's, will be closing KJ Farrell's for good as of, uh, looks like May 14th, so it's really coming up. Uh, I talked to Jimmy, and I said I was sorry that he's losing you know a place that he's worked at for years uh, and you know we both agreed that we had uh, you know we created some really cool stuff there and really some good times and good memories and I know he's got way more than I do but like for me it, it certainly was a place where a lot of really good things happened and a lot of a lot of good stuff happened for a lot of people I think uh, and that and that's cool uh, it's 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 sad to think that it could not sustain I don't I don't I don't have any idea what the situation financially is there. Like, I don't have any stake in it. And believe me, Kevin and I have probably said like 10 words to each other. Well, 10 conversations uh, in the time that uh, I've been associated at all with KJ Farrell's. I do know that I really did try and bring back uh, the Long Island Rock Unplugged stuff, but they just would not open on Tuesdays for me. They had suggested maybe doing it on Sunday afternoons. Um and evenings and stuff, and I told them that no, because Sundays just are just traditionally horrible days to do music, especially because you're competing against sports. And then, obviously, a good chunk of my year is taken up with soccer on Sundays, so I really can't do both. So I just we were only offered it really once, and it just didn't look like it was looking good for anybody that was doing stuff on there. Anybody that's ever done shows on Sundays uh, knows that uh, it's just it's a very hard draw. It's very hard to pull on Sundays and to do even a decent show. So. A lot of times I don't bother, and you know that that's sad. Like I, I, you know, if if I could have made that difference, and maybe doing Sundays would have changed stuff. Like I would have absolutely done that for that place. Like we did a lot of work to try and keep even flow open, and eventually it just failed too. I did whatever I possibly could to keep Revolution open, but like that was way out of my scope, right? Like I offered to do like benefit shows, work for free, like even just rent it out for private parties and stuff. But like, but. That just went the way of the dodo, and I didn't even have that option. And honestly, I didn't even see that coming with KJ Farrell's. I mean, I knew heading into the summer, it's always a little tricky because they lose a lot of audience to the uh, to the, um, the Nautical Mile in Freeport, but it usually opens up for a lot of the original bands. And I was totally down for doing something like that for sure. In fact, like um, you know, when I tr- considered doing like my um, what we're doing on the on the twenty fifth of June for the Diaries. It's like I had considered going to KJ Farrell's, but honestly, the setup I think was going to be a little bit much, and I wasn't going to be able to get exactly what I wanted out of it, so I didn't. Um, so that's unfortunate, but um, I consider it just another great loss for music and the scene in general. I don't, I don't, but it, it definitely, it definitely feels like my age is showing as I start thinking about stuff like I don't know how the hell we're going to pull this one back out, like. Uh, I don't, I don't think Boomerang is going to come back this time. I mean, I guess it always does because there's always bands and there's always music. But the the ones that seem to be doing music, you know, relatively often are like really awful places that I don't want to play. Like Amityville Music Hall seems like the best place around here or the place that's doing the most stuff around here. And it's just, it's a terrible place to see a show. It's an awful place to play. And 
you know, even the last, like, we've had problems with them ever since they became Avenue Music Hall, like, just in management and organization, and, like, I don't like being ripped off, man, and I definitely don't like being jerked around and all that other stuff, and I know that a couple of bands that have played there since, it's exactly what's happened, and I, I just, I just don't like it, and... It's not, it's not worth it so much for me anymore. And as much as I don't like playing to, like, a half-empty room over at Stereo Garden, like, at least they treat you well, you know? Like, and that's and that's something. And that's going to be good because when we, you know, when we play out at 89 North, it's been a very long time since I've played there because they really started shunning original music again because it's not a moneymaker. And it's not a moneymaker, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, it's not a moneymaker because if you don't bring in good bands, like, you're not going to have good people, you know, you're not going to have people that want to come see them, so... It's important to have good bands on good shows. Like that's how that's like the other part of the equation, and has nothing to do with what I'm talking about now. So uh, it does kind of suck. No, it doesn't kind of anything. It totally sucks that KJ Farrell's is not going to be there for as a music venue at all because it was one of the ones that, that at least attempted to strike a, the, a balance between cover bands and originals sometimes and giving people a place. And honestly, they never treated us badly. In fact, they treated us better than most other venues I can possibly think of, and that was really nice and really refreshing and I and will they will always have a place in my heart for that and I will tell you with full disclosure like towards the end of uh, well I guess it was like right before COVID started like I was feeling really really stressed out for a lot of those shows because they were every other month which is definitely something manageable but as my life was getting more and more difficult it was becoming harder and harder for me to manage my stress and anxiety about particular shows especially since it was falling to me to put them together uh, not that it was falling like that was my I wanted to put them together. Uh, it was my responsibility to put them together, and I took that on. And everybody was very helpful. Everybody in the community, Jimmy especially, like, I mean, Jimmy and I put those together for sure because, like, we, we built them, and Jimmy was basically, like, the talent uh, scout, right? Like, because he would just see all these bands, like, Let, let's get them on, let's get them on. And that was that was really good, and it was a good way for us to introduce people, right? Like, uh, to, to us and, and to the crowds, that was important. But, like, there was a lot on me because I was trying to do, like, my own show, and manage this show and as anybody that's ever met me or seen me recently knows how much trouble I've been having with anxiety and and that kind of stuff so it's not hasn't been very good but towards the end I remember thinking like man I could really use a break from this and I feel so shitty because I got a really long break from it on COVID and realized how much I wanted it back and then now I realize that's just not going to happen and that sucks and it's not my fault I'm not going to take the hit on that one but it does kind of blow, and uh, you know. But hey, maybe uh, maybe I and Rebel Nine just just suck. <laughs> maybe maybe all the kids are right. And there's my last segue, hopefully, of the day. Hard rock lunch box. Yeah, man. I think we can all agree that not every decision I make on this show is a good one. That's cool. That's, isn't that why we tune in every week? If this were a perfect show, this would be the radio, the official radio station of uh, what's Lord Far- Farquaad's town? Perfect city. I forget. What's the town in Shrek with Lord Farquaad? My perfect city. I'd be the perfect hard rock lunchbox. It's not. I do want to point out that yes, while it is sad that KJ is uh, KJ Farrell's is closing, and I definitely appreciate everybody's sense of loss for it, including my own. I was, I'm, I really am just struck at how many venues I have played over the years that simply do not exist anymore. I mean, I've lost Revolution. I lost. Um, I lost one. It was um, Molly Bloom's two. I used to play, and then couldn't play there anymore because Club Loaded didn't want a band like mine. And Ollie's point. Or whatever it was. I don't even remember the deal. I've lost the rail twice. (laughs) 
I lost oh, even flow, which was literally oh, like my oh, home God. bar. Like I would just oh, go there yep. anyway. Like it just and there's just oh, the sheer number yep. of places I've lost over the years. Like leaving, even leaving Philadelphia like a couple of times. Like and hearing that the venues had closed like right after we played it. I mean, it gives a guy a bit of a complex after a while. I was assured it was not my fault. But yeah, I mean that happens. Venues close. They're not. It's not a big. A big enough industry, right? Doesn't bring money in like you know cover bands and pop bands and dance bands. It's why, it's why I wonder sometimes like how much longer am I actually going to do this? How much longer am I ap- going to be able to even do this? Like that's <sighs> definitely definitely will keep me up at night some nights, but not tonight. So I think in honor of uh, you know KJ's closing, I think it's only appropriate to use this week's weekly craving of the week to play a song that is responsible for several good performances during the Unplugged series. I've covered it myself. Jimmy, of course, has done it. I guess technically it's a cover for Jimmy because it's a Sickest Monday song, but it's also a Jimmy's Blue Notebook song. And if you're paying attention, I think it belongs to like kind of all of us, and that's that's cool. It was always an emotional moment. Jimmy really knew how to bring the house down to a screeching, screeching halt and make us think about things that we didn't want to think about all the time. But that's what a really good storyteller and a really good songwriter does, right? I know it's what I try to do. And I'll keep trying. I try to sleep when I can't escape life. I never feel I've ever been right. I just keep swallowing over and over I just keep swallowing over and over
Yeah, man. Sorry for bumming everybody out. But sometimes things matter, and sometimes we have to address them. And we're better people, and we don't like to sugarcoat stuff or blame other people for our problems. We just try and get through and do it the best we can with the best music we can find, right? It's really all we can hope to do. Hope everyone's heading out to KJ's tonight. Has a really good time. Hope everyone's checking out some music this weekend. Also has a really good time. For the rest of you, it is Cinco de Mayo as F today. And because I have absolutely no Cinco de Mayo music, I pulled down what I think is the closest I can kind of come up with. It fits the vibe for me. It's definitely something that will leave you in a good mood, I hope. And then we'll do it all again next week right here on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.